Hi everyone, welcome to a new podcast of the Costa Rica Real Talk, the Costa Rica Real Estate's podcast on all things real estate and Costa Rica and the different things that compose life in Costa Rica, particularly for those thinking about like moving here or already living here and thinking about like acquiring property or establishing themselves like in the Costa Rican way of life. Today we have uh, Maria Jimenez, a HACO agent, who will be uh, sharing with us her, her expertise in the matters of like importation and exportation. Uh, how are you doing today, Maria? Good, thank you for having me. That's the first thing that uh, comes to mind when people talk about like uh, imports and exports in Costa Rica is uh, perhaps like the dual uh, idea of like many people come to Costa Rica uh, from well, foreigners mainly to get away from uh, the hustle and bustle of the city life and whatever. But also uh, many people also like to keep like the conveniences and comforts of like their home soil and to well one of the main ways to do that is like acquiring things via the internet the facility uh, the ways it helps us to keep like that sense of like a globalized idea of what we can acquire uh, in Costa Rica in particular I think like online shopping is very big H how do you feel is like the, our relationship to like online buying and like uh, shopping online and like the whole idea of like importing from the out outside world from the United States mainly it has changed a lot and it has evolved a lot we started having uh, a store servicing this for mailboxes 18 years ago and so we have seen a lot of change meaning uh from pretty much the beginning of what amazon used to be to what amazon is now and uh evolving also into digital services so our uh, main service is to import things that you buy online and we do it through a mailbox service with an address in miami Now you can do it directly to Costa Rica for certain products, but it is still very important for the persons to understand the difference. It's not like in the United States where you order something, you try it, you didn't like it, you return it. There's not such thing here because once it hits the Costa Rican customs, it's going to pay taxes and it's going to pay the freight and one now returning it back to the provider to amazon or whoever it is is going to require also pain like the labels that amazon sends you are not going to work to prepaid labels and things like that so you have different avenues to ordering things and you have to be aware that it's a different country It's not just an extension that you can access Amazon.com and see the products. That doesn't mean that you can have them. Now, Amazon has evolved to a point that they tell you what is going to be the final price if they deliver all the way to Costa Rica. The service that I normally use is what I was telling you, through Miami address, and then I take care of paying the taxes and the freight from Miami to Costa Rica and that's still the way I advise clients to do because you have more control on where when the package is going to be yeah that's the main thing because well uh, for all the benefits that living in Costa Rica has it's also like a developing country so many perhaps like some specific things you want like some specific products might only be uh, online but uh, how's like that process uh, now that you mention it our main 
advice to clients is to get rid of mail if they are moving to Costa Rica like don't order magazines or mm -hmm. like regular mail there's now services in the US that they will handle your mail because each of those letters is going to cost you money even though they come with a uh, postage pay once they leave the United States is really no postage so no checks no money orders no no documents because it's going to be very expensive and most of the time are unnecessary so the second thing is if you're ordering packages do not order anything related to food to medicines or to self-care like makeup uh, creams for the skin things like that because all of those require a permit from the health minister and even uh, protein like the protein for going to the gym and things like that they are really banned they won't be or weight loss uh, programs things like that they are really banned and the reason for being banned is because Costa Rica takes care of health human health through the health minister and it might sound bureaucratic but the way they apply for one single cream will be the same way they apply for an importer that is going to be very complicated and very expensive to clear it can be done and we give the option sometimes because there's exceptions where they can do temporary uh, permits or exemption uh, permits and we pay but it's unnecessary. Whatever cream is probably $9 online is going to end up costing you $50 once you clear, pay taxes, and pay the, the permit. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing because uh, at the end of the day, uh, despite the globalized aspect of online life, uh, the, well, the, our Minister of Culture, of Health, sorry, uh, and our uh, Minister of Agriculture, they have their very specific uh, ways of dealing with importations. That aren't necessarily the same ways that the U.S. Uh, ministers do so. So, like you, perhaps your best way might be like finding the equivalent or the alternative in the local market. Yes, or a friend that's traveling that can bring it to you. I had a client ask me like two days ago because she knows I have the service and I do it, and she's like, "It's a very small package. It's, it weights nothing. Can I bring it?" I'm like "What is it?" And she's like, "It's the tea I like. I can't find it in Costa Rica." I'm like, "No." It doesn't matter, it weights nothing, it doesn't matter, it's very low price. That's no how customs work, because everything that goes across customs, even if it's $1 value, will pay fees and duties. And if it's related to food and human consumption, it's going to be banned. Yeah, because it's important to remember to listeners that Costa Rica has a public health care uh, system and the, the one of the things of the public health care is as you mentioned like taking care of like the whole population so like foreign products that aren't registered here they're basically like if you import it uh, it has to go through the whole process to make sure that it's something that's not like uh, hazardous to anyone exactly and maybe you know there are not hazardous maybe you know that you use it and all that but yeah the whole thing is a uh, taking care of that part and FDA is FDA. It works the same when you're exporting. If we are exporting coffee for a client or something like that, those products have to be declared in advance with the FDA form. So the same happens 
in and out. And most of the questions I answer is because why when they're coming to Costa Rica, it can be brought in a suitcase, but not brought this way. But the suitcase is your personal consumption and that's allowed the same way you can take coffee from Costa Rica into the U.S. and give it to your friends and family. But you are not allowed to bring it without going through the usual permit in either country. Yeah, because that's definitely like an impulse that one may have, particularly with Costa Rica and its history of agriculture and it's like fresh produce. Like one, someone might have like this impulse, oh yeah, I want to bring all, all this back with me to the U.S. I want to have like the best coffee in the world and like the papayas and whatever. And it also has to go, as you mentioned, like through the whole, like uh, might sound bureaucratic, but it's also like the way to assure that everything's fine. Because again, like the conditions, the climate conditions, the setting itself is very different. So for looks to react differently, just by the atmosphere itself. There's many opinions and we just have to advise uh, customers related to the regulations. And what we want is to help clients clear their products and have their products at the most effective uh, price and at the less time. So we have done, uh, we have taken imported cars, we have exported cars, we have imported documents, we have imported uh, clothing. Uh, one thing that's super banned is used clothes because you have to fumigate it. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind it is because all these stores that sell uh, ropa americana usada, mm -hmm. that use American clothing uh, in order to keep Uh, plaques from not entering the country they need to be fumigated so mm -hmm. even if it's your personal items and you're bringing through a courier service you have to follow the same and you have to fumigate it so it's one box that's unnecessary but if you bring your own personal clothes in your suitcase through the airport or through the ports that's okay so it's kind of nonsense in one way or the other but We tell clients, okay, if you want new clothing, you're going to pay the the taxes, which clothing and shoes pay 30%, plus the chipping weight of the value. So let's say you find a pair of jeans that's around $30 online, and that pair of jeans is probably going to end up co costing you $50 once it gets to Costa Rica, because you're probably going to pay around $10 for shipping from Miami to Costa Rica and like around $10 for taxes. The same if it's a pair of shoes, it's going to be also a, a probably one kilo or two pounds. It's going to be $10 to $15 in shipping. And then if it's $100, it's going to be paying $30 in taxes. So clients have to be aware that the taxes change depending on what the item is The freight charge changes depending on what's the weight of the product and the percentage of the taxes varies depending on the value and what it is. So if it's a computer, you're paying 13%, which is the bad tax, which is, I advise people if you want to bring a computer from the USA, is a good thing. So most of my technology I usually buy on Amazon because it's going to be usually very light 
and I'm going to be paying the back tax of 13%. So usually the computers I find are like for $400 or $500 on Amazon on a Black Friday day or a Cyber Monday. And I know that same computer is probably going to be in Costa Rica around $800. And I'm going to end up having that computer in Costa Rica for around $550. So I know it's something that I'm going to save. Yeah, perhaps also like for our listeners that don't understand why that's the case and uh, the reason that many people in Costa Rica import, particularly technology, as you mentioned, uh, why is there such a difference between uh, importing and the tax situation when you import a product and buying the product here? Uh, why there's such a gap between the prices? Well, because of the volume, mainly the volume in the United States is much bigger. It's a lot more inhabitants where up the power of purchasing is also higher than Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, the most were 5 million inhabitants in the whole country. So our market is a very small market, which at the end of the day, the importers are bringing the devices. They put them in retail. That's how the price is set. So they also offer, I, I've made the exercise with friends where I told them like forget about ordering online go and pay it with the credit card service of 12 payments and <laughs> you don't have to put all the money at once go to a store in Costa Rica and pay it that way the gap has been going less and less now the difference might be the newer technology if we go now and find TVs in Walmart or a store around in Costa Rica, you will find that probably the price is almost the same. That difference mainly is going to be if it's an HD or a, an older technology. But that gap that used to be very big has less. And one of the big elephants in the room when dealing with importations is our like, addresses in Costa Rica. And you were mentioning about like the mail services and why that's not the greatest idea. And also, well, perhaps people know about this, but like uh, addresses in Costa Rica don't really work the same way. That's like anywhere else in the world, I think, at least. Uh, because we don't have like really... Technically, we have like street names, but they're not used like commonly. We don't have like uh, like buildings... Some, some of them have their own numbering system, but it isn't standard. So most people just go by a very like folkloric approach to addresses that use like reference points. So you have like a mango tree that was there like 20 years ago. Then you walk like uh, two streets and take a left and you have to find like the house, the blue house with the black, um, um, with the black um, fence. And then you know where, where's the house. So that's our way of giving addresses. So if you're thinking about using the mail perhaps or something like that, it's uh, might be difficult for someone in the U.S. particularly or like in any part of the world. I've uh, ordered mail from like friends in Mexico and they see like my address and I'm like, oh, so you're kidding. This is a joke. I'm not. No, that's actually my address. Yes, I actually had a conversation with a friend. Uh, she's a realtor too in Rhode Island. And we took a class last year and one of the advices is to send personal notes. Mm. And since I went to the class, I knew I wasn't going to be sending personal notes by email, which is really nice to have like a Hallmark card, like in handwriting and say like, hey, how are you? I was thinking of you, like, thank you for something or happy birthday. And just uh, last week, she said, she asked me for my address. And I said, like, 
there's not really an address. What are you sending me? And she's like, well, I just want to send you a personal note. I'm like, well, send it, make it and take a picture and send it to me by a picture. She's like, oh, so I'm going to tell the teacher in the class that you you are failing the class because you're not doing that part of what it's advice. I'm like, <laughs> yes, you can tell. But also there was a article on the New York uh, Post, I believe that I posted on on our chat, on our company chat, like last week, where it really tells the story of how addresses are not really good addresses. And nowadays we go around, thanks to technology with locations that we send a point to the person because it used to be a very small country with very little locations, but now it's more and more places that you need to know where, but. Earlier today, I drove to a place and the point of reference was from the U.S. ambassador house. Mm -hmm. And we all know where that is. Hopefully, they don't ever move it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and from there, they told me like, oh, yes, it's like 100 meters before on, on your way to Santana. So I knew where I needed to go by that point of reference, the U.S. ambassador's house. So it is important for clients to understand how to how different that is uh, you're not going to have your coffee pots the same way you buy them in the US you're not going to find the medicines probably in the same brands but you can adjust and you can make a good uh, understanding of the different options that there are in the country and if you want to bring make make sure that you understand there's a law that has been uh, talked about the exonerations if you buy a property that you're entitled to bring in the country cars or boats and those will be tax-free it's a big incentive i have to tell you we have not yet seen one that we can apply for a client even though we have brought cars for clients we have paid every single penny of their taxes and they are not cheap, but the clients have made those decisions depending on on what they knew about their car. It was a, almost the same amount of money to sell their car and buy a new car in Costa Rica or, or bring their car that they already knew and they knew how miles and how it was serviced to bring it. Other clients have made a decision after we give them the quote, sell the car in the U.S. And with that money, they came to Costa Rica and they bought a new car. So it's important that you get the real advice. It's also not never taking two weeks to import a car. It's always more time because the logistics of it are a lot. They're registering the car in the U.S., exporting, registering in Costa Rica. We give a full service. As I said, it's not cheap, but it is an option if you really want your U.S. car to be your car in Costa Rica. And perhaps to, uh, to round the podcast, uh, what some final advice to, for someone thinking about like uh, embarking on this journey of like imports and exports from from Costa Rica to the U.S., from the U.S. to Costa Rica. Find someone that really has a store and that services that and that is going to give you 
good information on how to do it and what to do it. Otherwise, a lot of people have lost their belongings by doing it the cheap way. If it's relocation, you need to go for an advice on relocation both ways. If it's importing or leaving Costa Rica, because we cannot just grab the things and put them in a box and FedEx them back to you. It needs to be a detailed, detailed, detailed list of items with a with the price and everything. Otherwise, the things won't leave Costa Rica or won't clear in the U.S. customs either. So learn the process. Take your time to understand. It's expensive. And make those decisions without the heat of the moment. Do it calmly so you understand and you make sure that you get quoted the whole thing, not not thinking that importing a car is going to be $2,000. That's probably just a container. It's not leaving the U.S. or doing all the due diligence that you have to do in the U.S. and then all the part that needs to be taken care of in Costa Rica. It can take a long time and a lot of money. It requires a customs agent. It requires a lawyer. It requires a a truck driver that can move the car from the uh, fiscal uh, warehouse to DECRA to get certified. So it's so many details that you need to be patient. And those are uh, some final great words of advice uh, and a very insightful conversation. Thanks so much uh, for this, uh, Maria. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. You're welcome. Uh, for any listener, you can listen to a whole backup of podcasts and do a real talk in your favorite podcast repository. And uh, if you want to keep up with what we're doing in the podcast and with our listings or all the adjacent things we do related to Costa Rica, uh, living in Costa Rica, Costa Rica as a country, uh, tourism, and the real estate industry, naturally, you can uh, follow us on social media at Costa Rica Real Estate. Mm-hmm.